This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So Joe Jonas, uh, we told you, uh, is getting divorced. We now know what the final straw was uh, that made him pull the trigger on this. Yeah, um, there's something that, uh, that Joe saw and heard from Sophie that um, was the final straw. The final straw, came, and by the way, he saw and heard this on a camera, on a, a ring camera. And... Um, this happened, um, we can't tell you exactly where it happened, but we know this. For the last six months, they've been having real problems. Um, I think we told you that, you know, he's, one of the issues is he's kind of a homebody and she likes to party and their lifestyles just didn't align. So it was getting more and more difficult. Somehow Joe got access to a ring camera where you either hear and or see Sophie doing something that made Joe say, I'm ending the marriage. Right. And um, he filed that's for divorce. That's side. That's what he's... That's what he what believes. people are saying. Right. Well, that's what, he's, that's what he says, yeah. Um, she had no comment on this. We talked to... We contacted her reps, and they had no comment. But we know um, that's what made Joe finally pull the trigger. He had been shopping for divorce lawyers um, last week. He was talking to several in Los Angeles... Ended up filing in uh, Florida. In Florida, though. Filed in Florida. and um, Which, by the way, is interesting because they sold the house in Florida. Which we, at the time, we thought, oh, they're pulling up stakes, they're getting out of Florida. But it now it seems like the sale of the house had something to do with the marriage nearing. You would think. You would think. But, the weird, they but file, you know, can I tell you the weird thing, and I don't want to get too technical as a lawyer. Because they have a prenup. Well, they do have a prenup. But the weird thing is you need jurisdiction um, to to do this to file and, in Florida, and if they sold the house, where's their connection to Florida? Unless they're still living somewhere just temporarily. Unless they're Florida. still living somewhere temporarily, which we don't know. Right. But as far as their property split, that's not going to be uh, an issue in this divorce. They have a prenup. Um, oh, we know we, we know what happens with those though. <laughs> right. right. Uh, as long as nobody contests it. Right. Uh, and as far as the kids go, it does not seem like they're going to be in a big custody battle over this, at least from what Joe said in his filing, in his divorce petition. Right, but you got to remember, because he made it very clear in that divorce petition that I have had the kids uh, with me in the U.S., around the U.S., because he's traveling and touring with his brothers. Uh, if maybe he could kind of use that as leverage in trying to get more than 50% custody, right? When a judge decides, because he can kind of prove a track record of, hey, I've been caring for these kids while my wife and I are going through their issues. They're attached to me. I provide the care for them. And maybe he can use that? Yeah, he could for sure use that. And by the way, the reason he has the kids, we were told, at least with sources connected to Joe, is that there was something going on between the two of them where he felt it was more important for him to take the kids on the road in the United States as the Jonas as Brothers were touring. To being with her in London. In London, where she's shooting a TV show, uh, a British TV show. So for the last three years, he's had the kids, or the last three months, rather, right. he's had the kids pretty much the whole time. Right. So we don't know what he's going to ask for. Joint custody does not always mean 50-50. It can be 80-20. It could be whatever they agree on. 
um, if they agree. Right. But we don't know what they're going to eventually, we don't know exactly what he's going to ask for right. he, and what she wants. The, the wording in his petition was that he wanted the court to set up a, uh, a, a custody arrangement that allows them both to have frequent uh, contact with the children, allow both of them. So We do not know what the nature of this the ring camera. video audio was, but whatever it was, we know that he felt, we're told from multiple sources, yeah. that was it. That was it. Hi, I'm Brazil Zoo uh, from Oklahoma City. Um, I, for one, I really want to hear or see what actually was seen on the ring um, camera, but I feel so bad for them since they have really little kids. I feel like they should try to work things out. I feel like a divorce is for me. Like, I feel like divorce is not an option, especially when they started dating when Sophia was really um, young. And I'm someone who loves Sophia so much from Game of Thrones, so I really feel bad about the whole divorce thing. And I would be so happy if, if they tried to work it out. You know, that's you know, so interesting you say that because that we talk about this all the time is that, you know, people who watch age. people from the outside think, oh my God, they're so, they look so good together and everything right. else. They look good, they show up at events and they look all made up and they're smiling, but it's life. Know, there's life going on. And, and what she said there is really interesting that you remember that she was, what, 23 when they got married? Yeah, she was 23. That's really young. It's really young, really but young. at the same time, you know, at, at a point you realize, is it the right partner? And you know they've been work trying to work things out or dealing with this for six yeah. at least six months. I mean, at a point when the writing's on the wall, you know, what do you do? Do you just stick with it and hope things change, or do you make a move? And you know, at a Seems point, like you make a move. Better question for Dr. Phil than me. Fair. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Move on. Yes. To uh, Pete Davidson and Peta. You know, of course, that they had a very public battle several months ago when he got this dog uh, for his mother. He bought a dog from a, a pet store. PETA called him out for it. And then Pete left a quite, uh, what the word bombastic comes to mind, <laughs> yeah. um, voicemail for them about the fact that they had called him out publicly. So now it is PETA's turn to respond. And he took and a lot of heat. He took a lot of he heat took, for he, that. But so did PETA. Peter well, took Peter, a lot of, but you know, look, I I like a lot of what Peter does, and I'm really into animal rescue. I really don't like what Peter did to go out and shame this guy. Right, for and doing that's it. what some people took uh, took uh, issue with. Well, Peter is now responding. This is the next chapter in this battle and this war, um, and it involves Halloween. I know. I'm sorry to bring up Halloween. I'm not one of those people. It's like as soon as it's September first. Start shopping for Halloween costumes. But you're going to do it. But I'm going to do it now only because it's a news story. PETA is going to be selling a Pete Davidson Halloween costume oh, God. that references the voicemail and the dog that he did not adopt. Um, so the... The shaming goes on. Yes. Yeah, try, it actually, on the hoodie, you might be able to read it. It says, I should have adopted on the hoodie. Of course, there's the Pete Davidson mask. He's got the little stuffed animal. And the hat with the curse right. word referencing right. the voicemail. Yeah, a lot of expletives in that voicemail that he left. Uh, Charles, uh, Pete is not happy about this, though. He, he actually says he is, uh, that it is disgusting that they would capitalize on someone's mental health. Of course, Harvey, you, you talked about the backstory and why Pete said that he had to get that particular 
dog from that particular pet store because he has allergies and he couldn't just get any old rescue. His mom was mourning uh, the loss of a dog. He wanted to bring some happiness to her. Well, and, but he yeah. doesn't have to justify it. I mean, it's, it, you but know. But that's what happens when, and yeah, they, they put him in a position where he had to justify it. That he does and feel like he has to justify it. It, it, it does, but also, look, Pete's struggling. He's been struggling. That kind of public shaming didn't help. And I mean, at a point, it's like, when are people allowed to shame like this when somebody's in the middle of something? And when are they not? It took I mean, play it's devil's like, advocate, Harvey. I, I think the people who, who are going to advocate for Peter here, they would say, hey, look, this is a ninety. It's a $100 costume. They're going to make a lot of money because of this. And in turn, they'll be able to help a lot of other animals out there. So I, I suppose that would be the case for Peter. Yeah, but they're, right. they're, they're turning, him, they're turning say, him into a punching bag. We should say the money, Peter said, the money will go towards supporting uh, spaying and neutering. Which is great, but animals, at, right. at the expense of Pete Davidson. And I just think that there is something, look, again, I am, I support animal rescue. I, I support it in many ways. Um, but, you know, I mean, and you and I, look, I mean, let's take it real. You and I have talked about this because you had a wonderful dog that was not a rescue. And Correct. it was a great dog. And, and I love this dog, too. I mean, mm -hmm. Yogi was a great dog. Yeah, he mean, still shamed me all the time. For... I, but, you know, you and I were joking about it. But that, I respected that. In the sense no. that you you love that dog. You said you were joking, but I internalized it as you were being serious. It made me feel bad. And now I have a new dog, and I rescued the dog, partly because I didn't want to hear you. But now I hear you complaining about the rescue. <laughs> I mean, I never complain about Yogi. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's, that has nothing to do with and it. And my rescue, the latest one. And I'm is not complaining. Hobbs is a great dog. I'm not complaining about Hobbs. Okay, now that we've aired our grievances. <laughs> Hello, my name is Bitta Dreamer. I'm a local hip-hop artist from Knoxville, Tennessee. I personally believe that I've only heard bad things about PETA, but maybe it's not all bad. However, Pete Davidson is my boy, and I might be a little biased when I say this. Uh, the money that they used to make this Halloween costume, they could have put towards other things like more animal in more animals well, in yeah, need. I, I, I mean, their point is, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But they're making, they're going to make money off right. of this thing. So, look. I'm sure they wouldn't have done it unless they felt like it was going to make more money. And, and it's, who go knows and, and it's going for a good cause. I mean, that's for sure. It's going for a good cause. But, you know, again, and when you say you haven't heard a lot of good things about Peter, they do a lot of good things. They yes. really do. But sometimes they just push that line, I think, too far. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle uh, might be in the, might be getting ready to move. Um, there are strong signs of it because uh, they are house hunting. Yeah. Um, I guess some people just sort of window shop, but what they were looking at is not window shopping. Uh, you know, like sometimes people go like, hey, you want to go look at open houses? Well, I mean, you've done that where you're not really looking, but yeah. you're looking, you just go. They're look looking. Yes. They're looking. And, and they're it's not in their neighborhood, their current neighborhood. They are so. looking in Malibu. That's mm. really mm. significant because Look, they have ensconced themselves in Hollywood from the get-go after leaving England. And, you know, now, you know, they seem to be moving. They started in Canada, then they went to Montecito. So they were kind of far enough away from Hollywood to say we're not Hollywood. Even though they're professionally definitely Hollywood. Well, now they're, they're looking to make the full move. So they looked at this property over the weekend. Um, it, this is gorgeous. I mean, it's, I think, eight acres um, now you see the pool there. There's also a foundation for a 10,000 square weird foot house. That the Wait, that's this is the is that the rendering? No, no. that's the actual pool. So there's the actually pool. a pool there. I get it. So they they raised another. They raised house. another house. Got it. And they've actually built a foundation 
for a new house, a 10,000 square foot house, and they have the plans approved and everything else. So they're asking $8 million for that, for the land and the pool and whatnot. And then if they want to build the house that they have permits for, it would cost another 10-ish million. That's the rendering of what the house would look like. I think that's really cool, by the way. You like it? I figured you would think it's really cool. So, so just to clarify, so they, <laughs> they, they toured this house over the weekend. They seemed to be interested. And to your guys' larger point, they seem to be interested in potentially moving back, or not moving back, but just moving to L.A. and maybe leaving Montecito behind, which, right. honestly, at this point, they should just do that. They've kind of had one foot in, one foot out. Like, right. oh, like, we're producing stuff. We're getting involved in Hollywood. But no, but we're too good for L.A. We're too good for the paparazzi. We're going we're gonna to hide away like Quasimodo in the bell tower out in Montecito. <laughs> And elusive, just get look. They were here in LA for the Beyonce concert over the weekend. They They're looked like they the were having time the times now. of their lives. Yeah. Harry was at the at the soccer game watching Messi. Just embrace it. You're Hollywood. And if Meghan Markle's smart, in my opinion, she should also get back into acting. Like you're not too good for acting. Just get back in the biz. Showbiz wants you. You obviously want showbiz. Just get all in it. We're here. We're ready. It seems like they're ready too. Well, to your point, Fabian, they have had They've struggled, even though they've made a fortune, they've struggled as producers. They have. That's why I'm saying Meghan Markle just get back into acting. You're not too, I know she thinks she's too good for it, like, oh, I'm above it now. No, you're not. Get back in the biz. Get back in front of the camera. That's where people want to see you, I think. The reality is, by the way, that there are places, and I don't know exactly where this is in Malibu, but there are places it's you can- It's way up in Malibu, way north. You can live in Malibu and still be as that's it's this distant is, this as you is are the, in Montecito. This is the place. It's right. like 13 miles. <laughs> we were dark oh, the morning meeting when <laughs> Well, no, because the landmark, the way it was described to us when we broke the story was it's 13 miles from Nobu. <laughs> and I love Nobu is the landmark. Is the landmark right. Now, it, I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm not going to let this go. What were you suggesting about my taste when I said I like that house? What were you, I I want to know what you're you have very You don't like it? You have, it's, it's okay. I, it's not a house that I would love. It, you have a very austere, you like architecture I like that I do. is very austere. I do. That's what that is. It's kind of cold, it's very clean lines. You know what? It's not different from a lot I, of what Kanye likes. I have one actually. last question for you guys on this before we move on. So as far as I can tell between the couple, Meghan Markle really seems to be the, the draw between the both of them and maybe potentially the real breadwinner. What is Prince Harry's... Skill. What does he do other than just be polite and British? Oh my and walk God! Up? No, can somebody answer Fabian, that for me? Like Fabian. honestly, what does Prince Harry actually bring to the table? Fabian, that is skill-wise, money-wise. Like, what's his thing? That I is, think Markle's talented and, and draw, brings right? money, but what does Prince Harry actually the, do? That's the that is the sixty-four thousand dollar question. I think and he a is lot learning of people, as he's going. No, a was. lot of people said when he left England, that was what what his big regret was going to be. That he realized he was just floundering, right. which he is as a producer. Sure. So Fabian's right. I, I don't have an answer to that. Should start a polo no, I, team and maybe just coach it, I guess. I don't know. Hi, Shanique from Jamaica. And I think the news that they're looking to upgrade residentially is quite great because their family has grown and could get a little bigger. And they do need additional space to make everyone comfortable, plus an ideal location to essentially increase their business prospects. And I do know that they want to increase those business prospects because that means more money. And, um, they're really, I don't want to say they need it, but it would not be a problem now to get some more money in yeah. the household. They need a win. They, they, they need, definitely they need, need a win. A win. They, they definitely need a win. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, to Drake, who is looking back rather fondly at his It's All a Blur tour. <laughs> 
uh, and he's not looking at ticket sales. <laughs> Instead, he is looking at the brand new collection of bras that he has. Now, this um, is a sight to behold. This is the collection. So somebody on Drake's team was responsible for <laughs> collecting all of the lingerie that was thrown on stage and, um, and then not only carrying it throughout the whole tour, which has got to be a whole thing, but then they had to lay it out in a display. Look at that. Um, <laughs> That's for Drake crazy. to take this photo and post it. And, and um, I guess it's very, he's bragging, right? I mean... It was a successful tour. This was. I mean, look at you got all types of sizes, all types of colors, and this became a huge thing. Girls wanted to go and throw their bras when they went to Drake's concert. It was like a huge thing during his entire tour. He would go and be like, "Oh, here's the, the letter and the others. number." It was. It was. <laughs> it was a thing. You know, you hope that that was your moment to get that called up on stage. Might have been the hugest. But I also didn't know that they kept them. So it's pretty impressive that they did keep all of those in a box. And I love that the girls were wearing gloves while they were unpacking but, all of the bras. Like, what, what does he do with them now? Like, Well, he should, give, I mean? he should give them to Goodwill. He should give it to Goodwill and not turn it into a display in his mansion. Well, he like, may still give it to Goodwill. Keep a few for I, a display. Just a keepsake. Dude, please. Why don't you frame a couple that... Definitely like the frame one that a couple started of your it all, the one yeah. in Brooklyn, right? He, he, Nikki, he's moonwalking right now. I'm telling you, no, he moonwalking. He didn't like the way that sounded. So no, I'm not moonwalking. I'm saying, yeah, that he would keep a couple. Maybe the one that started it all in, at the Brooklyn show, sharp as a memento, and then the rest. You're right. You should give to Goodwill. Memorial Artifacts, Scottsdale, Arizona. Some men collect cars, some men collect bras, but no judgment. Drake is a savvy businessman. This can go two ways. Either he's collecting material for his own apparel company or he's going to donate this to a women's shelter because the female homeless population, they can really use this. So I'm hoping for the latter, but we'll yeah, see. That would be cool. Just, and by the way, go to somebody up. nice shirt. Okay. <clears throat> ASU. Got it. Yeah. We're, I know. It's maybe a bit of, bit of your head, ASU. Tom Brady on the football field was very easy to figure out. Just a very focused guy who was all about winning a football game every week. That was simple. As right. it turns out, in retirement, I can't figure out what Tom Brady is about. He's, He's a about a lot of different things, but came out this morning was the last thing I ever expected, that he is now essentially the face of Delta Airlines. He's been hired well, as a long-term... Uh, the face of Delta Airlines, but there may be something a little deeper than that. Well, here's what he had to say about his new job uh, this morning on CNBC. We've signed a long-term agreement for, Delta, for uh, Tom to be a strategic advisor to Delta because our team needs that continued inspiration. We're on the top, but we want to keep climbing. This is not a sponsorship. Yes, Tom will obviously be representing the brand, and you know, he's, he's awesome at it. But what I'm more excited is he's going to come inside the company. And he's going to be talking to our people about greatness, about resilience, about excellence, about performance. Very fortunate to join the team and working with all the employees and, you know, continue to help inspire people to, you know, grow great communities and, and teams of people and companies. And uh, I've been very fortunate over the years to be a part of a lot of those. And I think in this next chapter of my life to continue to do things like that is really, you know, stimulates my own personal growth in a lot of ways. Why would Tom Brady want this job? I, I think you can see why Delta would want him. And why would Tom Brady want the job? They probably pulled a Brinks truck up to his home. 
That's what I'm thinking. Um, I, I guess so, uh, but let, let's bring in someone who is an expert in the field of marketing, uh, in particular with sports personalities, uh, sports stars. David Meltzer uh, is joining us right now. Uh, David Meltzer, welcome to TMZ Live. Hey, David. Hey, guys. I think you are nailing it uh, of what's going on here, and it is always about money, uh, but thank you for having me. Why do you think, I mean, let's just get your opinion. I mean, we have slightly different opinions about this. Tom Brady has a, a, a job that approaches $400 million that he's deferred for a year. We thought he was going to take time off, and now he's doing this. Why? Well, what it is is that when you finish something that you've done every day since you've been five years old, you're lost. And so immediately he signed the deal with Fox. And what he's realizing, it's more about his skills, his knowledge, and his desire than it is about the money that you're paid, although he will not take any less than a Brinks truck driving up to his house. And if you look at his skills, his knowledge, and desire, being the team captain for a multi-billion dollar company is even better than being the team captain for the multi-billion dollar company uh, that he had been working for previously for the last year. So I think as far as a fit, the truth is, is it's a lot more money for a lot less work than the Fox deal. And I'm not particularly sure that he's going to last all the years of that $400 million a year with Fox, because what he's going to find is he has signed up uh, for uh, the glamorized stuck of being a TV announcer uh, that takes so much more time than most athletes that have retired have ever imagined. From Delta's side, what I heard Tom Brady saying there as he's sitting there with the CEO, he was describing the kind of thing that corporations bring in someone. A team builder. Yeah, they bring in someone to, for a conference who will do a speech and is, gets paid handsomely to make a speech that inspires the troops, and then they move on. But they don't bring them on full time and give them, I would imagine, a very large salary as opposed to just having them, paying them for a one time, come in and speak to the troops. Yeah, I think he's amplified an endorsement deal by giving greater importance. Um, I'm sharing a stage with Tom Brady in Mexico City for exactly what you've articulated, uh, which most athletes do, is come in and give the team building speech. Um, I think that Delta is doing a great job of branding Tom as part of their team. I'm not so sure, and part of the reason we probably won't find, or if we do find out what the true terms of the agreement are, is it's a glamorized endorsement deal where he has agreed to speak four times, 12 times, whatever it may be. And notice how emphatic Ed was about him being a part of the team. This is great value that he's receiving by not only making him the face of the company, but making it seem as if he's going to create a greater sense of leadership and a winning championship team for Delta. What I'm thinking is they're gonna be doing commercials where Tom Brady is firing up all the Delta people so you kind of feel that alignment. You think I'm off? Yeah, I think there's going to be something like that where they'll maybe even actually take uh, events that he's doing within the context internally of Delta and utilizing clips of Tom with, you know, probably predetermined sound bites so that it looks even more inspirational than he actually is on stage. Um, and there is a big difference between being a quarterback who, you know, in my career, it's Aikman, Moon, Young, just to name a few. It's a big difference what Warren Moon, who's one of my business partners and best friends, does in a huddle compared to what he did at our business at Sports One Marketing. 
You know what Tom Brady can fetch in terms of money, and we saw what he's done with Fox. Ballpark it for us. How much do you think Delta's paying Tom? I know you don't know exactly, but what it, would it be what would be going to, market? It has to be more than X. What is X? Yeah, it would have to be in the ballpark of twenty million a year uh, to get his attention. That's what I was yeah. thinking. I was thinking exactly that huh. amount. Well, you should be an agent. You're, you're <laughs> born to be an agent. I'm born. <laughs> I have one last question, David. You said you're share, going to be sharing the stage, stage with uh, Tom Brady at an event in Mexico. Uh, who's the opener? Are you opening for him or is he opening for you? Oh, I'm definitely the opener. We have uh, <laughs> Chicharito there as well. So what's funny is Tom Brady's probably the opener for Chicharito, who is yeah. like bigger than the president of Mexico City. Uh, so yeah, I'm more I'm the warm up act, uh, but I'm <laughs> proud. Anytime Tom Brady wants to share a stage with me, uh, I'm there to make him look pretty, uh, smart, whatever I can do, <laughs> warm up the crowd. Anytime. Well, if listen, uh, listen if if he flies Delta and they lose his bags, um, it'll yeah. be interesting. <laughs> It'll be That's interesting. The other thing. When was the last time Tom Brady's flown commercial? I thought the interview was about the diarrhea <laughs> and that he was brought in to clean up. We the were trying airline. to keep an eyebrow, David. I know. We were, th we were thinking me, we it were the whole time, though. Yes. <laughs> we were definitely thinking it. David, thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I was thinking Tom, that me, I the entire Tom Brady, time. Tom Brady's a great way to change the narrative like, from we're people talking about diarrhea. We're going to clean up the whole time. <laughs> Okay, we're taking a break. All right. Uh, when we come back, forget about Kylie and Timothy Chalamet. The real show in the in the crowd at Beyonce's concert Monday oh, night. This is so true. Was Lil Rel and his now fiance Danella, who was not the fiance when they walked into the arena. And uh, Lil Rel has an incredible story to tell about how Beyonce and Jay Z and Tina and God got involved in this engagement. He's going to be here when we come back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We have to fess up that we have, in the past, made fun of people who um, propose at like sporting events or something like that. Yep. Right? Because we always think, oh, it's going to backfire. What if it backfires? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Done it on the show. I've got to say this, though. Lil Rel Howery pulled off the best engagement I've seen in a long time because um, not only did she say yes, uh, his now fiance, uh, Danella Lane, but he did this at Beyonce's concert Monday night, the one that was her birthday show. And not only did he do it at the show, but he got Beyonce involved in this. And she actually, I think she gets credited with an assist. She um, does get credit. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is pretty incredible. It's I, epic. I want to hear how, how Rel pulled this off, how he got Beyonce involved. Uh, so joining us right now is... Um, the man we must congratulate, Lil Rel Howery. Welcome back to TMZ Live, and uh, congrats to you and Danella. Congrats! Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm very. Uh, yeah, it's still, we, we're still pinching ourselves about this. So <laughs> I, just, I have a, I'm, I'm a, I have a fiance. I'm about to get married soon. Yeah. Wow! Look at you, man. <laughs> so tell us how it went down. 
Well, you know, what's funny, so Danella's birthday is September 1st. So uh, she's a huge Beyonce fan. She's never been to a Beyonce concert. I literally bought the tickets maybe a couple weeks ago. Me and my homeboy was both trying to find tickets. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't afford to get his girlfriend the tickets. But I bought mine. <laughs> we was going to buy You're like, hey, you're on your own, buddy. I got plans. That's hysterical. <laughs> he kept being like, you should get four. I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I got the tickets for, and it's going to sound crazy how last minute everything was. I was at the mall literally looking for an outfit for a wedding we was going to on Sunday, on Saturday. Uh-huh. And, and you know, I, people know I'm a, I'm a man of faith, man. Like, I kept walking past the Tiffany store. I walked past it twice. And I feel like God was just like, it's time. I'm like, what God said you to God told you to go into Tiffany. <laughs> it's time. It's time. And I walked in there and I said, yo, let me see your engagement. It was really quick. The brother was like scrambling. He's like, are you serious? Like, yeah, give me that. I knew exactly which ring it was. Gave my credit card, bought the ring, had him put it in a regular bag. Cause she was in the mall too shopping. So I didn't want her to see that. I oh, bought that's engagement. Just, wait, Derek, Rell, are you saying that you just decided sort of on the spot? That day you were shopping, that this wasn't something that you'd been thinking like. What are you I'm so just no. the, two days before. So you God, decided. God told wow. me to go into Saturday, Tiffany. Saturday, <laughs> let me tell you, this is gonna sound crazy. Saturday, me and to the, the her daughters called me. We all went to the Chinese buffet on Saturday. Look, I knew it was a lot of information, but that's we go to the Chinese buffet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Chinese buffet. <laughs> so, so, so okay, so take us now to the day of the concert. So you're so, at the so you're so well, you, you it, it's in your head then you're gonna propose well, at the concert. Right before that, it is. So Saturday is the key day. I text Miss Tina and was like, hey, I'm proposing to Danella at the concert. We'll be there. Um, what song do you think I should do it to? Does she do a ballad? Like, when, when did you think mm -hmm. it'd be a good time for me to do it? And she hit me back and she was like, love on top. And then she was like, Jay said, you know, won't, won't you let us put, us on the, put it on the Jumbotron? You do it on there. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? I'm like, I just wanted to know the song. I, what, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I didn't and, want to make it a thing. And now Jay Z's involved. Now, now Beyonce's in, so she's got that, the whole family in on it now. But this is this is the funny part. I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell this part of the story. But like when Miss Tina called me the next day to let me know when to do it and give me instructions, she was like, Beyonce was like, "Look, I got so much to remember. Why do real want to do it today?" But I'm like, "This is the day I bought the tickets." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> huh? And so um, she was like, "Look, you know, so Mama, you and Jay handle." It. Okay, and, uh, and that's what happened. So Mama Tina and Jay got the cameraman there. So this is what it gets crazy at. I've been waiting the whole time for Love on Top to come on, the whole show. Mm -hmm. I had to go to the bathroom, but somebody first somebody spilled their drink on me, and I was like, oh, my God, I smell like all this liquor. <laughs> and then I went to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom. It was a whole other song she was singing. As soon as I started using the bathroom, that's when Love on Top coming on. So I start screaming, and they were like, who's like, what's going on? I was like, no! Right? Like, no. <laughs> and so now I'm trying to hurry up and use the bathroom. I wash my hands. I see a security dude. He trying to give me a high five. What's up, real? I can't talk to you right now. So I'm trying to run back to the seat. I forget where the seats are. Oh, right? no. So like, my God. This is I'm terrible. I'm I had to go back to retrace my steps. So I walked back out again to come back in. Oh, my God. And all the while, love on top is going, and you're like, I got to get and, back. I got to get back. And so... It's at the part where Miss Tina told me where well, I should be proposing. So the audience starts saying, finally, we got a love on top. So this will make the story of play. The audience is singing their part way longer than usual to any show she's done because they're trying to get me to do the engagement. But I'm trying to find a seat. So I find a seat. I see the cameraman. 
And so this is what I do out the trouble. Beyonce literally did like this. <laughs> like, where have you been? That's hysterical. Holding up my whole show. Oh my God. <laughs> she looked at like, what are you doing? And so I, I went to go, the camera's on me. I went to propose, but she had to move on to the next zone. So you just see Danella looking down like, what's happening? And then that's, and yeah, yeah the man. rest is. Why not single lady? Wouldn't that make sense? No. Put a ring on it. Well, you know what's funny? I, so while we was at the concert, it was like uh, two other right. songs. I'm like, well, this could have been a good engagement song. Like, she did two other songs that I thought would have been right. really good. But I mean, you can't do it then, because if if, like, the first song she did would have been perfect, but she was giving out her... It was her birthday. I don't... I wow. was trying to make it about me, man. Well, <laughs> that is so... Listen, did man. you hear from Beyonce after uh, the show? I think she irritated with me. But no, yeah, I haven't of course she is. She has a pretty big production going on, even though, look, for you, your production was very big, oh but for her, God. she's like, I gotta move the show along. Where, where's Rel at? Okay. I'm like, look, man, you know how much stuff I gotta remember? <laughs> I, I gotta tell you something. I, I gotta be really honest. I, I hate these things normally. I love your story. I really mean it. That yeah. is, he's, I'm not big, awesome. he's not big on love and all no, that no, stuff. No, 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 but that's but. an awesome story. I can just see you with the urinal and all of a sudden, oh, crap. You're screaming in the, urinal, you're screaming in the bathroom and everybody's like, why is this guy screaming? What, what happened to him? He's like, you should get a shot for that if it hurts that much. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's, it's the best engagement story I've heard ever. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ralph. Really. Appreciate and you congrats. sharing. congrats. No problem. I can't wait to see what happens at the wedding. I know I was thinking that too. <laughs> well, the Grammys uh, made a pretty, I'm shocked by this announcement today. They're talking, the CEO of the Recording Academy was asked about a song by a guy that uh, his name is Ghostwriter. That's the, the human songwriter. Um, who did a song. did a song. A few months ago, you may remember this, um, that everyone thought it was a collab between Drake and The Weeknd because it sounds very much like them. It sounds like them. It sounds like them, it's, but it's AI. But the song was written. It's called Hard On My Sleeve, and it was a pretty big hit, I mean, because everyone thought it was them. Here is a little bit of the song, and then we'll tell you why the Grammys says this song is fair game to win an award. I came in with my ex like Selena, the flex, eh? Bumping Justin Bieber, the fever ain't left, eh? She know what she need, or I need, or she bless, eh? Giving my best. I'm on my heart, I'm on my sleeve with the city, oh my God, ain't no pack. Since she from Toronto, I can't find it on a map, eh? That's on me, I put it in the past. That song could actually it could win, a win a Grammy Grammy next February. What is really interesting about this is timing because there is a strike going on right now where one of the big issues is AI mm -hmm. and how actors and writers and others are going to deal with AI. There are a lot of people who think it somehow should be banned, which honestly I think is, they're, they're just the, dreaming. The, the problem here, so the Academy is basically saying Certain AI recordings will be eligible. And I'm not even well, sure he's saying certain. I'm not even sure he's saying certain. Well, I guess it depends on the category. The reason that, they, that this category, so, so the song was actually submitted for a possible nomination by Ghostwriter, who is the, the creator of Hard On My Sleeve. Um, 
But it's fair game. Really, it's hard not to be cynical about the Grammys' motivations on this because they are notoriously very slow to adapt to anything, any music trends, any technological trends. So to jump on this so early, specifically when it's a song featuring AI, Drake, and The Weeknd, who both disavowed this song and had it shut down, when they are both in kind of a, a squabble with the Grammys, that you know they've wanted all their stuff withdrawn, they don't submit for nominations, they've said the Grammys are a joke, and now the CEO comes out and says, eh, this fake Drake and Weekend song, totally cool. It almost does I, feel it's like a little it's suspicious. Well, it plays like it's a jab at, it's the Grammys Except, jabbing it, back at here, Drake here, Here's why I'm not, buy, I'm not buying it, because they're opening the door to a lot of artists, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but they're opening the door to a lot of artists that may, they may embrace because once you say it's oh, that the weekend and Drake are fair game, what about all no, the other? Well, well, that's well, that's what I don't get here. So you have the Academy encouraging AI recordings, but you have the industry, the labels hate right all these AI recordings because they're using their artists like that's why this is this, that's why this so is such the, a remarkably seismic moment. With music, yeah, because they've opened that door. Because the Grammys would never, in the past, like if, if if somebody leaked a bootleg of an artist's song, it could never be eligible for a Grammy because it's a bootleg. And even though somebody wrote this and programmed it, it's still basically a Drake and Weekend bootleg song. The categories are Song of the Year, which is a songwriting thing, and Best Rap Song. If that song were to win for Best Rap Song, can you imagine what actual artists are going to? The world, I'll tell you. Even if it's ten, nominated, even in, if it just gets a in nomination. Ten years, I'm telling you, it's all gonna be different. Anthony, AKA Robbie here out of Miami, Florida. And honestly, I love the song. However, I do not feel by any means it should be, um, it, it should be nominated at all. Um, Why? It's just not fair. Yeah. It, it isn't fair. Yeah, but you know, but that, that's what they I'm, say. I'm with you, here we go. Yeah, I know you're gonna say, oh, it's all gonna say. be different. Yes, it's all gonna be different and it's all gonna be bad. All right, there it's you go. Really, because when assembly lines came along, everybody thought it would be the end of the world. You know, way back okay, then. Okay, you're taking it back to your... I am taking it back because if you look at history, this is what happens in history, that there's a technological change and people adapt and it's going to happen again. I mean, everybody complains and it, people will adapt it's to the, it. Listen, the problem with this is you have the actual artists who are out doing their own get it. songs and now you're going to have people who are just using their voice, winning awards... When they had nothing to do with this, it's unauthorized. Let me just put it's, it this way. Netflix was selling DVDs, and then they pivoted because of technology, and look at them now. So, Drew Barrymore no doubt wants to forget about the name Chad Michael Busto, um, but this guy continues to haunt her, and in a really bad way now. So a few weeks ago, we showed you this video. Uh, she was doing an event in New York, interviewing Renee Rapp when Chad Michael Busto came out and said, I have to see you. And it just felt ominous. They so escort him out of the building. Nothing she, more happened. She comes back, and it seems and they like it's fine. the event. But, but then he shows up at her home in the Hampton, obviously uninvited, unannounced, and police end up arresting him. So the latest step that was supposed to happen for Mr. Busto was that he was supposed to turn up at the police station to get, he's out on bail, um, but he needed to get a GPS monitor placed on his ankle so they would be able to know where he is for, obviously for Drew's safety. Never showed up. Did not show up, and now there is a warrant out for his arrest. Yeah, I mean, this is an incredibly scary situation because as you always say, even if you get restraining orders, even if you get an arrest, as in this case, where he was just supposed to show up for the GPS monitor, it's still something you have to enforce. And if they don't show up, the cops just have to go looking for them. If you have a TRO and it's violated, it's just a piece of paper. And if someone is determined to do someone harm or obsess over them, you're right, they're not really influenced by the law.
It's Sakura from St. Pete. Um, you know, Drew is in a tough situation. I, my heart goes out to her. And I feel like if Drew can't get help, how is a regular person that has a stalker going to get any help? Yeah, yeah I, it's a tough situation. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hi, I'm Angie from Queens, New York. But it's not looking so good for Sophie because Joe had the kids on tour and usually kids are with their mom primarily. Well, we should say in Sophie's uh, you know, defense, she's, she's working as well. Joe is working, but she was in the UK shooting a TV show. I don't think it's fair to me. I, I hear what she's saying and I've heard other people say that, that, oh, the kid's usually with the mom, but. Well, the only weird thing about this is that at least she was in one place. He was touring all over the place, so they had to take the kids back and forth. Yeah. It's a tough situation. Uh, one more. Hello, I'm Lisa Perron from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. And I'd like to comment about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry contemplating purchasing that spectacular property in Malibu. It's got a nice chunk of property that would actually give them a little bit of privacy. It's on the beach. And the views must be spectacular from the the windows in there. I'm wondering, <laughs> Harvey, do you know do you know if the uh, architect had feng shui in mind when he designed this place? I do not know the answer to that, but I really loved your analysis of it, which means now it's two against one. Thank you. Uh, coming to a hotel lobby near you <laughs> sometime. Or an elevator. Sir, yes, Sir Anthony Hopkins. I, I did not know this. is uh, very well trained. I don't know if he's classically trained uh, on the piano, but he was in a hotel lobby, not saying where, but he was just walked in, saw their piano. Oh, listen, and listen, I went listen, listen just for a sec. Go off track for just a second. Uh -huh. So I was watching a documentary last night on Little Richard, and Little Richard, when he played the piano, one hand did like an Ike Turner type thing, and the left hand did a totally other kind of vibe, and he could do this, he could do two different things at the same, it was amazing. Did you know that? Uh, yes, yeah. Oh, then never mind. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow.